Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. There's the segue you beautifully opened up there. I was going to ask you, how do you get invited to be on so many boards and involved in so many organizations? Because, I mean, one thing, Ron, you just had an incredibly full life. And I'm sure I remember asking, uh, we had this one guy work for us pretty high up at our company once. And there uh, there was a tie manufacturer north of Winston-Salem. And he wanted us all to go up there and buy ties. They were selling for a dollar a piece. And he bought like 300. And I said, when are you going to wear all these ties? And he goes, well, every day I put on a tie. The next day I put on another one. <laughs> Just one at a time. And I look at you. It looks like you've gone through your life. It is one day you do this and another day you do another. And then you've got a stack of accomplishments there. And uh, part of it is being on boards and on the advisory board of 12 privately held companies, actually chairman for four of them. And you're, uh, you know, again, past chairman of the advisory board for disruptive technology and the digital cities program in Stanford. And you're on the uh, leadership circle here at the Aspen Institute. And so uh, where's all this come from? It's not work. I don't consider this work. I don't consider, I enjoy what I do. And if I, the minute I stopped enjoying it, if, if I stopped enjoying being on boards, like literally enjoying it, I wouldn't do it. So I'm fortunate that I love what I do and I get to be around really good people. Part of the reason I like what I do so much is that I get to be around the relationships that I've created with really, really good people, really good human beings, not the richest and the smartest, but good human beings who happen to be successful. And yeah. I think I look at things that way rather than the other way around. So let's talk about the first board that you were on and what was that like for you emotionally? Like, what am I getting into? What did you expect? What did you discover? It wasn't anything, any big story. It was just what I realized is that there was an honor. had to be an honor, wouldn't it? It'd be to be asked. Yeah, yeah, it is an honor and you are compensated and they give you equity and company and that's terrific. But what I realized is that they're on the board. You, when my first board meeting, you're with all these advisors and you have everyone's got an agenda like but my agenda was just to hopefully I could add some value I mean there's yeah. a lot of stuff I couldn't help at all yeah. but there's a few verticals that I can add value and I would just try to do it and if I just come in with through the lens of look I know what I know I know what I don't know I don't know more than I do know and what I do know I'm going to add value to that and that's kind of how I looked at it and some of the people on the board, on any board, they want to be the smartest guy in the room. That's not me. I don't want to be. I just so want to find, figure out. You find that uh, one upsmanship going on, that testosterone is at play even in the boardrooms they want to show off? Ego, I've thought of writing a book about it. I mean, ego is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, you need a certain amount of ego to do well and succeed in life. On the other hand, it's also our, our Achilles heel, right? Because it's destroyed many people too, your ego. And it's not confidence, it's actually insecurity. And I didn't know, I didn't fully understand that when I was younger. So I looked at it through the lens of, I used to look at vulnerability. So I watched a lot of TED Talks. Brene Brown, I did a TED Talk on vulnerability. 
if you would have done a podcast with me when I'm 25 and I would have brought up vulnerability, there would have been a 0% chance that that would have been a topic. But I think the fact that we are vulnerable. So I share a couple in Tiger 21. It, it basically, it's a group of people that have success and we talk about different issues. But when people are authentic and honest and vulnerable, people open up. I was at the dog park the other day with a guy that I knew a little bit. You know, our dogs hung out a lot. And we knew each other for like a year and a half, but you're not that well. And then we were talking and I was just, I was on the phone and, and I was telling him what was happening. There was some issues that I was having with, with a kid. And I was just honest, like, here's what it is. And then he opened up to me. He's like, yeah, I've got this. And so I just think that we're all, if you look at it, it's philosophical, but like we're all in it together. I mean, if you look at it like it's me against the world and I, your life's going to suck. But if you look at it, how big is the hole, I think you could live a much more content, happy, satisfied life. So I, the metrics that I use are probably the metrics that a lot of the, your listeners who are 25 used, use currently and, you know, what they want to do, how they want to accomplish it, how much money they want to make, where they want to live, how they want to live and all that. And I'm not minimizing that, but I'm saying you get to a point in life when enough's enough. And you just have to enjoy what you're doing and you have to be real and you have to be authentic. And, you know, Shakespeare's quote, you know, be true to thine self. I think that's probably one of the most prophetic things anybody's ever said. I think it's really true. And so 12, you sit on the advisory board of 12 privately held companies and you act as chairman for four of them. You know, being chairman of a board, isn't that a time consuming thing? It does consume time, but I will only do it if I know the people, if I really like the people, I really believe in the company. So if I get to hang out with a friend for four hours every yeah. month or so okay. that, that I really like and respect and I like what he's doing, again, it's not work. Yeah. I don't look at it as work. Well, let's talk about the not work side. One of the great things about being in business for yourself, having your own company is you can take the time, you get the money, but, you know, making money, I've always felt sorry for guys, you know, they own and manage the restaurant because they're working, they're making a lot of money, but working hundred hours a week and they never, never get away from it because, you know, you have the people problem and the server didn't show up and the managers, you know, the manager stealing money around the corner and, you know, it's just a rat race. And so many jobs you get out there where you have all the money, but you don't have any discretionary time. And then some places, they have plenty of discretionary time. They just don't make any money. And so how have you balanced that out with your life to where you do have the enjoyments, the recreation, the things that you want to do that are fun for you and your family to do? And what are some of those kind of things you've been able to do that maybe you wouldn't have been able to do working inside, you know, a big, you know, like a Goldman Sachs or something like that? I think part of it, you know, my dad passed at 57 and I think that had a big impact on my life. And I realized life is very short. And when I'm a hundred years old, hopefully, and I don't want to lie, sit back and say, I, I wish I worked more. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. So it's really the relationships that you make. That's the key. I love to travel. So we get a fortunate, we, we travel a lot as a family. I love to ski. We do that. So to me, I just think figuring out what's important to you. I don't read as much as I'd like to, but figuring out what's important to you. I've got friends who love being in Colorado and just love climbing, just climb, hiking every day. Right. And that's fantastic for them. 
I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. I like other things, but I just think that you have to find time for things you like, or what's the point? Yeah. And so the things that have been more, you know, where in the world do you like traveling the most? Where do you go back to? I try to go to different places. We Our latest trip it was in Italy. We went to Rome and Tuscany and Florence. I just like to see new things. You can live in a bubble. You can live in a bubble and never, and nobody will ever argue with you. And you're always right. And you live in this tiny little, but the world is like, there's so much out there. So I just love to see stuff and experience stuff. Yeah. And you used to be a Chicago Bulls fan, but when Michael Jordan was there, but has that have you been able to have enough love for basketball to still go to Bulls games? <laughs> I would love to be able to say yes, but the answer is no. When Jordan was there, it was like a rock concert every game it was unbelievable. Now I do follow them and I do root for them over other teams, but I'm not as big a fan. Yeah, yeah, it's almost. It's terrible when the team is so bad that it's punishment to be a fan. And uh, I just wonder about the validity of being the loyal fan who... Uh, well, I was a loyal Cubs fan as a kid, and they were horrible. And I used to watch nine innings of the games. This is when I was little. And so I was a diehard Cubs fan as a kid. So I knew when got used to losing as a fan. Yeah, I lived in Atlanta. When I could go to uh, the pro games, the, the Falcons stunk, the Braves stunk. And after I left Atlanta, they got good, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's hard to be a fan when good things are not happening there at the stadium, especially paying the tickets and putting up with all the crowds. What are you most excited about in your future? Watching my children grow. Just How old are, yeah, how old are they right now, let's just say? I've got beautiful daughters. Zoe is 22. She just graduated from Michigan. And Bella, my baby, is 19. She's a sophomore at Tulane. What do I, I just like, I got in an argument with my daughter. She was taking a tennis lesson and I just wanted to watch her. I just like, I had an hour that I, you know, our time is our most important thing, right? It's the most right. precious commodity we have. And what did I want to do with that hour more than anything? I just wanted to watch her play. Yeah. And she got upset with me and she argued with me and I ended up not going and whatever. <laughs> but then the next time I did go and I explained to her, I, I just like, it might not make sense to you. Like why, what possible fun could it be to watch somebody else hit tennis balls with a pro? It makes me happy. I really love doing it. So well, I think watching my children grow and develop family, friends, developing good relationships. There was a Ted, I watch a lot of Ted talks. There's a Ted talk on, I'm doing a Ted talk in about a month. In the oh, last, yeah. And the last, the, my favorite Ted talk was a guy who did a longitudinal study on relationships. And basically he studied, I forgot his name, but he studied 250 kids from Harvard in starting in 1936 and 250 of the poorest kids in Boston. And he studied their lives. And it's the study's actually still going on right now. People are in their 90s right now. And he saw some people go from down here to up here and some people go from up here to down here. And what he found was the common denominator to live a meaningful life is having quality relationships. And you don't have to have 50 best friends. You could have two. You could have one. But having the close relationships with people, that is what matters. And that really resonates with me. So that, to me, developing relationships with people of all ages, of from all over the world, it just, it's something that's very important to me. And what's your talk going to be on? Good question. 
So they want me to, I'm supposed to talk about family offices. I have an executive assistant and we go back and forth. He wants me to talk more about love, gratitude, attitude, balance, and laughter. And initially I was going to focus more on what is a family office and the value and how they're disrupting private equity. But I'm kind of leaning more towards what he's doing. I mean, my goal is I just want to be authentic and just telling people, I always like to listen to people who are older than me, just with age wisdom. So I always love listening to older people who've been through what I'm going to go through at some point. So I think it's going to be a little bit about family offices. It'll be a lot, a little bit about philosophy and a lot about sort of like how things that are important to me in my life. Where will you do it? It's in Iowa. It's in a month. I got to get the slides done in the next two days. So I got to get working on that. Because they do these things all over, don't they? I mean, they do them all over, yeah. And so, uh, appreciate you taking the time. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what haven't you done yet that you want to do. I haven't gone on a safari. I definitely want to do that. What kind of safari? You know, where in Africa have you have you nailed it down to which country and where? And I want to do a couple of different South Africa and also in, in other parts of Africa. That's one thing I'd like to do. I want to travel more. I want to read more. I don't get a chance to read as much yeah i want to also focus on you know being healthy exercising you're in aspen right now it's right you don't see too many overweight people in aspen because you're you're hiking and walking all over the place so i like to live a healthy lifestyle yeah well thanks so much it's been a lot of fun i hope you've enjoyed it and that's what i try and do that's why i try to do get guests on here and then see how we can have the most fun with each other for for an hour and then Hopefully, we'll cover some things that will mean something to some other people. And I'd like to give you the final word to as we wrap this up. I always like to give a a little reward for the people who have sat with us the whole time (laughs) and listened to the end. They're still listening. And I always found that there's there's usually something left to be said. And so I don't want to put you on the spot. But as a final word, is there something you'd like to pass on, reemphasize or? I'll reemphasize. Yeah. Pick five things that are important to you. It doesn't matter what they are. Yeah. To me, it's love, gratitude, attitude, balance, and laughter. Figure out what those five are and live by those rules. It, gratitude is probably the hardest for most people and the most important. So everybody, we've all got stuff going on in our lives. We just put up these masks that make it look like we don't, but we do. Just be, have a lot of gratitude. That's how I would leave it. I'm not going to tell people how to make money, how to make a living, how to start a hedge fund, how to get on boards. I mean, you could. that's not hard. You could figure that stuff out. Yeah. What's hard is just figuring out what's important. Hey, thanks so much, Ron. It's been a uh, pleasure and look forward to hearing about that TED Talk and the safari. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for your time. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Ron. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whiteallonwinning.com. Thanks for listening.